This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Now, regular listeners of our show know that every couple of weeks we share stories of architecture big and small from across Chicagoland in a series that we call What's That Building? Now, typically those stories feature surprising structures or those places that residents might wonder about, but whose histories are often overlooked. Today, though, we are kicking off a new mini-series where we turn our attention to some of Chicago's most iconic buildings to give them a fresh look. Now, to begin, we are going to talk about a staple of Michigan Avenue, and that's the Wrigley Building. And here to tell us all about this icon is, of course, Dennis Rodkin, our architecture sleuth. Welcome back, Dennis. Hi, Sasha. How are you? Doing well. So I'm curious why you wanted to start this mini-series with the Wrigley Building. Well, I think you just you just said it. We're trying to take a fresh look at these buildings. Mm-hmm. And what looks fresher than that white, gleaming terracotta, that wedding cake on Michigan Avenue overlooking the uh, DuSable Bridge? It looks as, fr- and we're going to talk about why, it looks as fresh as it did mm-hmm. when it was built in 1921. It is a beautiful building. You know, many longtime Chicagoans know it, of course. I feel like I'm still getting to know a lot of these uh, famous buildings. Uh, In fact, I know I'm still getting to know (laughs) a lot of these famous buildings. So uh, give me a sense of of what it looks like and and where it is. I know I've seen it's massive. It's pretty. That's that was my first thought. It is. It really is. I mean, there's hardly a prettier building on Chicago skyline. And that was intentional. It was built to be beautiful, as I said, in 1921. Uh, right at the place where the where Michigan Avenue crosses the river over the Dusab Bridge, uh, on the northwest corner there is the Wrigley Building, which um, breaks from some of the typical Chicago lines because it's sort of angled to the street rather than a flat face on a straight street, and that really creates sort of a palatial look. So does or that sort of creates a a, a face to look at, and then it has this palatial look because it's this beautiful white terracotta composition that sweeps up to a beautiful tower. It looks like a cathedral and and it, it does. Was, yeah. It gives me cathedral feels and, and that's what I thought it was. I gotta admit, Dennis, I have been driving past this massive building for two years. And I, honestly, I'm almost ashamed to admit how recently I learned that that was what everyone had been referring to as the, as Wrigley, the Wrigley building. building. Well, it's funny because, you know, we do, Chicago does have... I'm like, it needs a bigger sign or something. I don't know. Well, so that was intentional too. But <laughs> Chicago has a high-rise church, and you and I have talked about it early in your time here. The Methodist Temple is a high-rise across from the Daly yes. Center. And and that's sort of the feeling you might get is, how was a church made into a high-rise when you look at the, the Wrigley Building? That's intentional. It is. Um, it's not a, a copy, but it's an homage to a cathedral in Seville, Spain, the Geralda Cathedral, which started out as a mosque in the 12th century. A few centuries later, it uh, it had become Catholic. A few centuries later, it gets this four-story top on its tower, mm-hmm. and that's what was sort of emulated in the design of the Wrigley Building. So if it looks like a church to people, that it's because it was based on a church by the architects. Uh, the architects, Graham Anderson, Probst and White, based it on this cathedral I mean, in I Seville. went a good year and a half thinking it was a church. So <laughs> I'm glad to hear that I'm not alone. Well, if you're a gum chewer, it is kind of a church. Yeah, let's talk about that. I mean, the building's name, right? It, it's referring to gum brands like Wrigley's Spearmint and Double Mint and Juicy Fruit, all that good stuff. But remind us who William Wrigley Jr. was. 
You know, he's an interesting guy. He's such an important figure in Chicago history because not only because he builds the first tower north of the river on Michigan Avenue, but because he comes to comes to Chicago from Philadelphia as a, really a salesman. Uh, and he's looking for a premium. He's selling various products, soap, um, and he's looking for a premium to give customers. He starts giving them gum. They like it so much that he goes into the gum business. He buys the gum company, goes out of selling the other products. And Wrigley, you know, when you look at Wrigley's growth, it was the Groupon of its day. It was mm. the Instagram of its day, whatever you want to say. It grew rapidly into a worldwide company company um he starts in the 1890s this is built in 1921 by that time he his company was known around the world he was known around the world he owned the chicago cubs he owned catalina island off los angeles mm-hmm. uh, and he owned the wrigley company and in new york he's advertising gum with a block long sign his the way people knew knew his products in new york is there's this sign a block long, the biggest electric lighted sign in America, or mm-hmm. I think in the world, Wow! both. Um, later, it goes to neon, and it's one of the biggest neon signs in the world. And the reason to bring that up is, you know, you know a, fl- a, a lighted sign is interesting. It is a little garish. It's really bold and brash. While here in Chicago, what he builds is this beautiful, very pure looking building the only n- place you saw the name Wrigley was a single brass plaque on the door or next to the door yeah. that said the Wrigley building. So you go to New York and lights are flashing and big neon tropical fish are advertising uh, Wrigley products. Come to Chicago and you see this beautiful cathedral-like building. And you can go up at the time, go up to the observatory in the top of the tower, mm-hmm. get a free piece of gum. Well, so two very like different images he's projecting, one in Chicago, one in New York. Very interesting. Now talk about the architects of the building and just how they got their inspiration. You know, it's funny. Um, Graham Anderson and Probst and White were, I mean, they did so many buildings in Chicago, we could spend a long time on them. But in this case, this is one of those examples. Um, everybody was trying to figure out what a high rise should look like. And we were still in thrall to the old world. So there are on in the loop you can find early skyscrapers that look like Tudor buildings stretched to ten feet tall. Um, there's the Tribune Tower, which looks Gothic. There are all these different styles. Mm-hmm. It's everybody's trying to sort of create old world buildings in modern high rise styles. Why was that style so popular? Uh, well, partly because we didn't yet know what to do. I think also Chicago in particular is trying to establish itself as a world capital and it's a very young city. So Mm -hmm. let's borrow these ideas from elsewhere. And then, and eventually modernism comes in and replaces it and we're building more boxy and and we have sort of a, a design for a skyscraper. But at the time it it was this idea that a, a tall building could be sort of this fanciful object on the skyline. In this case, a cathedral in the Tribune's case, also sort of churchy in its um, uh, Gothic look. Mm-hmm. There was the Medina Temple, which had, has these giant Mesopotamian figures carved on the sides and then the sort of a Moorish dome on top. That's now the Intercontinental Hotel. These these were much more sort of interesting postcard buildings than some of what comes later with Mies van der Rohe and others. And, of course, you mentioned in the case of the Wrigley Building that uh, gleaming white terracotta that, it, that it's covered in. You mentioned in your article that's up right now on uh, WBEZ.org, that's really hard to keep clean. 
isn't it? Much harder to keep clean when the building was opened. We're, we're a less sooty city. We're a less sooty world than we were in the 1920s. But, yeah. So this goes up. The, the bridge has just opened. The bridge we now call, now named for Jean-Baptiste Pointusab at the time was called the Boulevard Link Bridge because it link, linked Michigan Avenue to Pine Street, now North Michigan Avenue. He's the first to build there. There are factories on both sides of him. There's a soap factory to his west and the, uh, sorry, there's a soap factory to his east and a cheese factory to his west. There's soot like crazy. In March 1921, the building's only been under construction for about a year. The Chicago Tribune has a photo showing, yeah, they already have to clean this thing because mm. it's so covered with soot. They've designed this creamy white building and already not yet completed. It's this dingy gray. And there's this great picture in the Tribune at that time showing the part that hasn't been cleaned, which looks almost like, like a gray <laughs> building. Must have been a stark contrast. <laughs> yeah, and the part that has is this shiny white wow. space again. So they had to do this regularly, but uh, now, of course, factories aren't in the city. We have a far better air and quality. And it's just beautiful. You know? And it's wonderful. And you write about you know this addition later on called an esplanade, a sort of walkway that's added later on to, to the building. But, but tell us the, um, the current status, because I'm curious. Can, can I go? Can I go check it out? You, well, Are yeah. there tours? There's very little. There's not a tour. There's very little that's public above the first floors. Oh. There is. Um, there's retail. There's so a I Walgreens. So I just need to admire a, it from outside. Yeah. Well, and if you're going to admire it, Sasha, the, especially because this is unfamiliar to you, to me, the best part, first of all, you know, beautiful tower, great terracotta. But what I call, it doesn't have an official name, so I have named it. The Wrigley Passage is the space between the two towers. Mm. The Wrigley Building is two buildings, built in 1921 and 1924. Between them is this esplanade that was built in the 1950s, and you and they it's sort of framed with ah. more terracotta. So, it, to me, what's wonderful about that is it's a very it's a space that is intentionally for pedestrians. You know, a, a lot of times we're walking on the sidewalks next to the cars yeah. and, and that sort of thing. This was made for pedestrians with retail looking out from the two buildings so onto I'll the check plaza. It out from there. Yeah, and so it really, and then it continues through the Trump building much later. And that's sort of a, yeah. that's a very different attitude toward what a city is. It's a pedestrian place than ramming car roads all right. through. You know? <laughs> Sounds like a plan. We'll leave it there for this week. Uh, that's Dennis Rodkin, residential real estate reporter with Crane Chicago Business. Thank you so much. I'm loving this icon series. Thanks, Sasha. I th it's a great idea. It wasn't mine. So I, I'd like to thank <laughs> well, Dan Tucker. we're doing it and we're loving yeah. it. <laughs>